0: This week, the obvious question is, can you study for life's pop quizzes? I'm Mike Travisano, and each week, one of the hosts, Joe Bertalic, Bob Meyer, and myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer on the surface, but once we get into it, there's much more underneath, and we invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. And hey, if you like the show, we sure hope you do, please share it or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. So we're all familiar with how life can test us. Family members or ourselves get sick, or a big change in life that we have to manage. And to get through them, we rely on our support systems, our beliefs, our spirituality, etc. But sometimes life comes out of nowhere and forces you to act in the moment. There's no time to plan or examine options. It's like a pop quiz. You don't know it's coming. You have to act. And depending on what you do, you can fail it. Is there a way to prepare for these? Is there something we can rely on so that we pass with flying colors? Last week, I had something happened that that me that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and um, I was in a parking lot of a Dunkin' Donuts, right? And a guy approaches me, and he he says, "I'm re- Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But I, I I'm coming from 20 miles away. I've got." 10 miles to go where he was going and i uh, could i just could, could you spare you know just enough for two tanks of gas and i was like two i'm sorry did you say two tanks two tanks of gas? and he was like yeah just two tanks two tanks i was like all right that's that's weird you know this isn't like five bucks or you know some change there's two tanks of gas mm-hmm. and and uh i'm like i'm i'm sorry man i don't i don't have that i you know i paid for the card I, I don't have any change. well my my it's my dad my dad he's real sick come come over talk and he started to try to lure me over to his his car which was you know parked a a bit away and i was like "Uh," now now kind of alarm bells the dude kind of had like a funky look anyway There was like a funkiness about him and uh and then when he wants me to go over to, to his car now i'm like all right this is this is getting really bizarre right so i so i'm like no man i'm 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 sorry, I, I can't do anything. And and he kept on pushing, so I kind of had to get you know a little bit aggressive about the whole thing, and and finally he he walked away. And as I'm driving home, I'm thinking to myself, you know, man, it, you, I, I'm doing that thing you do, you know, when one of these things happen, your brain starts racing, like, wow, did I overreact? You know, did he really need help? Was this he was, he was where they were driving was Hershey Medical Center, so or where he said he was driving was was Hershey Medical Center, and and I'm. I'm second-guessing every little piece of what I did. And, and you know, on the way home, I, I realized, you know, either this dude really needs help, and I didn't help him, or this dude is is not what he appears, and he's luring people. He's, like, some doing something, like, that's not cool. So I called the cops. I didn't do 911. I did the non-emergency, you know, police. I, you know, gave a report. They sent a car out. I don't know what happened, you know. But, of course... The whole rest of the day, I'm just like playing it over in my brain. And I'm like, gosh, all of the, you know, all of the podcasts we do, all of the meditation I do, all of the exercise, all of the reading, all of that stuff kind of fell out at that moment when I was approached by this dude. And it started to make me think about how we're tested in life. You know, like somebody in your family gets sick or, Bob, we just we just had an episode about awful story about the poor kid with opioid uh, addiction. Right. And we're tested. We get to like be confronted with these things, but then we get to have uh, conversations and use our beliefs and use our support systems around us. And it's like life's tests. But this to me was like a pop quiz, you know, like, like I didn't have a moment. I didn't have anybody to, to talk to. And it happens to people all the time. It happens to all of us all the time. And I started to really wonder, is there a way I Not only could I have done that better, but is there a way I can, is there something I can do now to prepare for it for when it happens again? So it's sort of, my question is, if I want to make it all pithy for our cute little, you know, (laughs) obvious question pictures and stuff, can you study for Life's Pop Quizzes? And that's my question. Can you study for Life's Pop Quizzes?
1: I know Joe's going to say something profound, so I'm going to jump in before him because then, you know, when Joe talks first, it's like, oh, shit. It's like, what am I going to say now? So, you know, because I always go with the, the, you know, the feeling sense of Bob, not the thinking sense of like, you know, because my immediate thought is, no, you can't prepare because – I love the pop quiz analogy because it is just like that. sometimes you you're just not feeling right right or, or you're emotional or it, it's the essence of who we are, like who is Mike? you know, and we always talk about doing the best that we can, right the only person that can play the role of Mike Travisano is Mike Travasano. I can't do it, Joe can't do it, so you're doing the best that you can, and you can always do better, and you know with that pop mm-hmm. quiz, there's days you're going to be like ah I, stayed up too late. I had to do this. My car broke down. And you're going to fail the quiz. Let's face it. You're going to fail a quiz. And then other times you're going to go in there and go, I got this. It's like, I can move over here, do this. I do the right thing. And then Hmm. there's this whole notion of like you brought up the episode that we just aired is uh, how do you really know people? It's hard enough to know the people we know, right? How do you know a (laughs) complete, how do you know a complete stranger? And I go through that all the time. I feel like I always come up with the New Yorker in me, where there are certain people where I don't know. I feel like okay, they're desperate, they need help. It's a complete stranger. I've had the person come up to me and say, "I need gas money" or "I need this," and somehow instantaneously, I read that person and I'm like, "I need to help this person," because I've had that. I had a guy when my mom was in the hospital that you know he he told me that you know he was there in a the hospital and he he showed me his. Foot. he had like gangrene on his foot or something he had no medical insurance he was trying to get in touch with his kids but he gave me this long story about how his wife divorced him took the kids he can't get in touch with them but he feels like he's gonna die and he needs to get in touch with him so I spent like four hours with this guy trying to help him get in touch with his kids and he couldn't get on Facebook so I got on Facebook friended his kid it was really weird but I put my complete trust in this guy right like I believed his story and there's a part of me that that thinks like Am I am I the guy being taken advantage of here? Like I'm this weird guy, like sending messages to somebody's kids I don't know and saying your dad's here with me and he'd really like you to call and use my phone number because he didn't have he didn't have like a um, a smartphone. Let, let's face it, he had like a flip phone thing, so there's no way he could send a message to them. So yeah, I I feel it. Um, I don't know. I I wouldn't judge the you know. Did you go too far by calling the police? It's like you know, is that for your safety or somebody else's safety or his, his safety. But it's like, yeah, it's that instantaneous read. We have people here in our, and, you know, here in Georgia, in our County that, you know, they, they prey on, you know, the, the median income, the, the people that live here in this nice fine suburbs and they sit out there, you know, with a sign with their kids and say, you know, help us, you know, just lost my job. And then people take photos of them getting into like a Mercedes and, and going to their, you know their beautiful home, and and it, they're just taking advantage of people. So I think that's at least for me, it's hard to it's hard to get that pop quiz right all the time because I feel like there's a fifty percent chance that I'm going to do what I think is right, and it could be wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: it's funny, Bob, when you, you said I was going
2: to say something profound, I, what I was going to say when Mike stopped talking was, and I'll say it now that you've stopped talking is, I hate that word pop, or that phrase pop quiz. <laughs> it <laughs> makes my stomach turn. I remember that was the scariest thing in school when the teacher would walk in the room and go, all right, take out a piece of paper, time for a pop quiz. It's like, no, I can see myself on one the years, that old TV show going the pop quiz. No, not the pop mm-hmm. quiz. It's the most dreaded part of school you know, because the kids, the smart kids, the ones that, you know, read ahead and stuff like that, they're ready for it. And so they're like, yeah, go and hit, hit me with a pop quiz. 10 easy questions. I get 100. You know, one more. Great, great, great. But for me, it was like, I don't remember what we did yesterday. I'm not sure even what we were covered, you know, a couple of days ago. How am I going to do a pop quiz? I need time. So that feeling is, I think, what you're describing, Mike, is the you're in the moment. I mean, you haven't studied. You can't study in a sense. You could have studied by reading every possible thing or studying every possible thing. However, I think there is a preparation. And I think the preparation has to do with creating a, a solid gut. You know, that gut feel kind of thing. And when you said there's something a little mm. bit weird about this, this guy's a little different, whatever. That to me is a part of you that you can't you can't study for. You can just hone. You can it's like a skill you hone where you get to the point you're really good at reading something. You're not sure what's wrong, but you know something's not right. I think that's one of the most important instinctual behaviors we have. And I think that's why, you know, if you look at our history of the human race, that's why we're where we are today in terms of our capacity to do things. Because we had that ability to hide when the uh, I was say a T-Rex was chasing us. I know T-Rex is going around at that time. <laughs> Maybe a saber-toothed tiger or something, something. big was chasing us and we were smart enough to to stay. <laughs> that image in my head of the T-Rex was like, eh, coming at you. But it's like that moment of, you know, where we knew something was wrong instinctually, we, we understood it. We understood the, the world and everything, the way it happened. I think I think you're in that same place. Now, here's here's one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about. Um, if, if you have a set of values and you hone them and you hone that instinct by paying attention to your reaction, your body feeling and how you get into it. What is it that creates the worst instinctual situations for you? It almost sounded like the guy wasn't like you you know, in the sense, if a guy just like you was standing there, you know, asking for help, it might seem a little bit easier to interact with and talk with and help. But if the person is a little different, a little bit, you know, coming from a different background, maybe a different race or something like that, where, you know, mm, I don't know, this is this one's a little bit, it's be, partly, I think it's because you haven't honed the, the whatever the reaction around that you haven't spent the time you haven't done the time with with uh, those cultures or those differences where you it's like, Oh no, that's just how how that person would be, or that you know. It's like I'm not a, I'm not immediately afraid of that person, and now I put up all these barriers. I'm okay with the person, and something's wrong. Something's not going right here. It Could be a guy that looks just like you, and uh, mm-hmm. something about this. Yeah, you know, I remember the question years ago when you you walk in a zoo and you hear a, a lion growl. Do you go, Oh my God, it's a lion! You know, and and try to run, or do you say, Oh wow, a lion! And you go towards it because you know it's in a cage and stuff like that. I think life is like that. You know, if you hone the skill. You see something, and you say, mm, "I can step into that because I understand it. I, my my body, my gut understands it, and you can step into it." But if something's telling you, "Hmm, something's not right here," and you've worked at it, you know, you've worked out that skill of, of honing it. I think you're right to stay away from it. You're right to, yeah. you know, to kind of push back and and even like Bob said, call the police, whatever, whatever the next thing should be. And that you don't have to study for. It. You just have to, you have to work at that, that gut honing. Yeah.
1: It's the beauty of life, though. I think is. This whole thing I remember like we probably all can remember the first time like you became an adult and you bought a house, right? And you know, a pipe busted or, or you know, you have an electrical problem or something that you're not prepared. It's that I, I don't know, I call it the beginner's path, you know, that, that I'm a beginner at this. I, I don't have any expertise and I'm probably gonna fail the pop quiz related to how to fix a broken pipe. Who do I call? What do I do? Some t- in cases, you know, we call our parents or we call a mentor or we call a friend. Um, and, and it's a scary place to be, but that's how we learn. Right. And then there's that, that place where you become the novice, like, well, you know, like if, what if you encounter this guy and maybe that's a good question, Mike, what if you, what if you saw him today? What would you do? And he asked the same question and you're like, oh, always back.
0: <laughs> so with the same the same questions Two yeah for two tanks i got two tanks you know, is this a tongue twister or
1: what
0: <laughs> what's he driving like a huge
2: <laughs> what's he having like it's, it's like mad mad like max that. it's the guy with the tankers it's like energy <laughs> med center is like 15 miles away <laughs> i know if the worst car doesn't get, get less than what eight ten miles to the gallon or something
0: yeah i mean if a couple of good. gallons
2: of gas would be cool
0: yeah <laughs> a couple of tanks you, you know what what's interesting though is uh it, it all comes from, it, it, who you are has a lot to do with it. I mean, I'm saying something overly obvious because when I re, retold the story to my wife, like I didn't get you know, a breath into the story and she was like, "Up, oh, sketchy, get out. You know, she, she you know, and, and she, we talked about, you know, a, a huge difference is I'm six two, nearly 200 pounds, you know, she's five four, she's little, she's, you know, and she's a woman. You know, and, and she's like, you know, you, you know, I read articles. I, you know, you know, about being a woman in, in situations like this and women are, you know, their skills are honed for, for this kind of stuff. Like I've, I've had this experience, you know, many, many times, you know, it's in women's magazines. You know, it's it's a thing, <laughs> you know, like where you learn how to react to these things. I don't. I'm a dude. You know, I I'm, I, I don't see a lot of articles like that. Right. Uh, it's funny. She arrived at the at the conclusion far, far before I did. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like it's Joe weird, said, Mike.
1: Good. Go oh, I was just saying it's like you said, Joe, it's like the cultural differences and and it's how you relate to the person. Right. Because I've noticed one thing and I've heard this before and, and I'm the same way. Let's say I'm walking down the streets of Manhattan and I see, you know, a, a kid, you know, there on the corner. If I can relate to that and think, wow, that could be my daughter or that could be my son. I'm more likely to give them money cuz and then there's other people that I'm like, "Ah, you know, I don't I'm not buying that." You know, like I think they're just taking advantage of the system kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's like that whole mental process. And sometimes I'm aware that mental process is going on, and other times it's totally, you know, I'm totally alienated from the whole thing. I don't really know what's going on. It's just somehow I feel like, "Well, I need to help that person." And then other cases, I've been in that place where you know, I get a little abrupt with people. Like if somebody's following me and I'm another group, I'll I won't get physical with them, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of roar like a lion and let them know, get the hell out of my face, and they walk away. Um, but and I wonder, like, where'd that person come from? Like, why did I why did I react that way?
0: I, yeah, I. I believe that that's that's certainly part of it. You know, we always we think of ourselves as like little little tiny creatures in our heads, you know, driving this, you know, bag of skin around, right? But we're not, you know, like we've got all of these all of these senses and all of these things that we can't explain like Joe like the gut or, you know, uh, these instincts that are us. You know, it's not, you know, part of the machinery. It is it is us. I have that and it's clearly honed as as, you know, Joe's you, you use the word to react appropriately to these things where where it threw me off is how long i i second guessed it afterward it's like the little guy driving the machine is was the only one who didn't like it you know (laughs) like me he knew exactly what to do my whole self he was like ah this dude's sketchy call the cops because i don't want him picking on anybody else or like i said maybe he does need help and a cop can help right cool Uh, off you go and you know i walk home i eat my donut and you know everything is good but the little guy driving the car, you know, in my brain was like, oh, I don't know. You said, geez, mind me, Mike. I don't know if you did the right. Maybe you should. You know what you should have done? You know, all oh, this whole story, this blah, blah, stupid story, you know. Well,
2: you know, like what you're saying, though, is exactly what's honing you as I think, as a person, is that the little guy is thinking about that. The, the piece of you that's going to step out there tomorrow and the next day, the next day is going to have that as history. It's going to have that as Knowledge is awareness and stuff. And, and what it'll do, and I'll use myself as an example. You know, I, I grew up on Long Island. I was a little bit closer to the city when I was younger, you know, New York. And then we moved out to the suburbs, and I didn't bump into a lot of people because you drive everywhere. And in PA, you know, where we live, it's su- suburbs again. You drive everywhere. Two of my kids live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you walk everywhere. You're in the city. So you bump into people and you bump into these situations much more, much more frequently than I would here. Um, I've had some where, like you at Dunkin' Donuts, I was at a giant food store, you know, same thing, a young girl asked me for uh, money for the car, her baby needed to get somewhere, and her husband was out trying to find some way to get there, you know, whatever the thing, you know, the story, but I gave her some money, the same same concept, but I felt like it was safe, you know, at that moment, she wasn't asking for a lot of money, just enough, again, it was gas money to get somewhere, but it was like easy for me to do, and she even offered to pay it back, but, you know, I had to give my address, and, and I said, no, just do it, you know, if you're being honest with me, that's great, I can help you, if you're not you know, so, so what, but in Charlotte, what my kids told me is that there's real need there. And there are some scammers. There's no question. There are people who are taking money, you know, doing the two, two Phillips of gas or whatever. And we're trying to get a dollar here, a dollar there. But if you look at the lifestyle and where the people, and they see it, I mean, they're there every day. There are people that really need help and they're, they're down on their luck or whatever you want to call it. Some people would say they're lazy. They don't want to work, but I don't think so. I think, I think the majority of those people are really unable to do something to be, to make money, to have, have a house and, you know, the things we've come accustomed to. And they've shown me ways to give money to people correctly and, and not money, but food. You know, like this one woman, I remember, uh, Mindy pointed out to me, she sees her every day and, and she's, she's walking on the streets and she's begging for food basically. And she said, I never give her money. I always say, what, what do you, have you eaten lunch today? And she'll go in the store right there and get her some food and bring it out. And when I did it, I felt good about it. You know? And I said to her, what, what do you want to eat? I mean, i don't just going to buy something. I, I can get you what you want. She goes, oh, I'd love this, such and such. And apparently she's done it before. She knew you know, where to get the food. Now, I could be real skeptical there and say, you know, well, that's how she lives. That's how she gets by. Is she, she takes it from me or from other people. Or I could say, here's a woman who you know, I'm going to spend a few dollars on some food for. And if everyone did that, she'd be OK. And she looked like she wasn't able to do a whole lot. She was barely able to walk. And she wasn't like oversized where she was eating so much food and stuff. Just she was physically not able to get around, um, which I felt good about. And I felt like we did the right thing. And little by little, I got to, again, hone my, my gut, I would say, you know, around the idea that there are people that have needs and I can help them. And to me, honestly, that couple of dollars, I wouldn't I didn't even notice it. I mean, I wouldn't notice it. You wouldn't notice it, Bob. You wouldn't notice it either. either. I mean, it's money that I don't want to give away frivolously. But if I could contribute that money directly to a person to help them, I'd do it every day. You know, it's that simple.
0: Hmm. I, I, we're at that time where we're we're just at 20 minutes, so so we'll wrap it up. I'll, I'll as a final thought, I, I I appreciate the reminder of of that uh, of the gut of like that that piece of of me or that that thing that is me that knows stuff, right? And. And believing and knowing that is really is really the answer. That's how you study is is that you recognize is that I recognize that that's me, you know, and keep keep that in the forefront, not just as something in the background.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, self-awareness of critiquing yourself is, is a great quality. And clearly, Mike, you have that. And I think that's the thing to remember that the fact that many people go through life and do things all the time and don't sit back and second you know second guess yourself so the fact that you're doing that is an area for you know where you can improve that you can learn you could say well if i did this again maybe i'd do this a little bit differently so i think that's pretty pretty cool and you know i think you're going to continue to fail the pop quizzes but that's how you're going to learn yeah (laughs) Mm. Yeah,
2: and and for my my final thought on this i you know for years i've been jaundiced by certain events and i i think i keep repeating them you know if someone would challenge me and say well, exactly how many people approached you and asked for money, you know, in the case of two two tanks of gas or something like that. I would say, well, you remember that girl at the giant store, you know, and I keep repeating that story, almost like it's a life story, like it happens every day. But I think what happens is between having that experience and hearing other people's experiences, I become very, very focused on the downside of it. You know, that person that's stealing from me or stealing from our culture, you know, within our culture. And I think what I need to do for myself is look at that a little bit more and say, does that really happen as often as I think it does? Or have I built this stereotype in my brain that says, everybody that is needing money or needing food is stealing. And if I, if it's true, that's one thing, but if it's not and it's just me, I, I need to find better ways to, again, hone my gut to to make sure I'm doing the right thing for the right people.